featuring insights and inspirations from the mind of Boogie Triggs. This is Boogology, a Low Tree Studios podcast. My name is Jason. I am the producer and co-host of the show. And joining me is the man behind the name, a 21-year Air Force veteran and a high-level leader and motivator of people, Mr. Boogie Triggs. On today's podcast, we're going to talk about fear of success. Welcome in, Boogie. Hey, Jason. How's, How's it going, man? All right, so I want to explain to everybody, this is the first show. This is the pilot episode, and uh, we, we Boogie and I have known each other for, for a little while now, and Boogie did podcasting with me for the very first time on my Patreon show that's associated with the Jason and Mindy podcast. Uh, the show's called WTF is Success, and it went really, really well. So mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, Boogie and I are starting to get really excited about creating a show, so we decided to do it. And through the process of that show, I was pointing out some topics that we could talk about later at a later time. And plus, just spending time with you, Boogie, I've, I've been able to write down some topics that I think would be really, really cool to share. So far, yeah. I have about uh, 10 topics almost that we can explore. That's 10 podcasts. So we're going to dive into this one. The reason why I want to dive into it is because you had a really good... Uh, when we were going through the WTF of success, one of the things that uh, was was a good conversation was the fear of succeeding. And it was when you came across, you were creating this business that, that your cousin brought up, I think, and you right, kind of ran yeah. with it. And you were sitting at the table with, with lots of money in front of you. And yep. you, instead of going forward with it, decided not to. So I want to dive into that because I have my own perspectives on fear of success. But I want to know from you, what was it that, what what part of you, what inner voice talked you out of actually following through on something that that would have been finan would have would have you've seen would have seen a lot of financial gain from? Okay. And and you could classify as success. Right. Okay, well, the scenario you're speaking about, it was there's there's a lending there's a part of any banking institu- institution called the uh, factoring. Uh-huh. Factoring is based upon due bills from one client to another. And it's like if you had a, for example, if there was a company that had been around for 40 years, they were pretty much solid, sound, established. And another company that's been around three years. And in business, businesses fail within the first three to five years. They do. So... The younger business makes couches. The older business is a furniture company. Well, somehow they saw the product that the younger business is putting out and they liked it. So they go to the younger business and they get $3 million contract from the younger business. That guaranteed the younger business success. They just made it. Right, to buy, to buy some of their product line or right. something like that. Right, to buy it. So there's now... Uh, a due bill provided them within 90 days. So 90 days from that that transaction, they'll receive their $3 million. The problem is, is that the younger business now has to find a way to stay afloat by plant paying its employees, continue to buy merchandise, continue to buy, continue to produce merchandise without receiving the money that they were guaranteed. So, why, they, why now? Why wouldn't they get the money? I don't understand that part. A due bill is basically based on the well, fact that a, once it's done, then you get the money. Yeah, then you get the money. I got it. So, so the larger company can do that. They're saying, "Hey, I'm trying to get your name out there, right? By using my backing." So, so you get you produce all this shit, and then I'll pay you. Yes, but but in order to produce three million dollars worth of product, you have right. to you have to have upfront investment. Absolutely. So you have to have the capital. Right. In order to say that. So then they find themselves in the dilemma. They basically have just worked themselves out of business. That's where I come in as a factory. Okay. Okay. So I would go and I'd find the business, hey, you have any type of financial troubles? And they're like, yeah, this is what's going on. I said, what if I can help you? If I can help you, I demand 2% of whatever the money is that you require. Okay. Then I go to the larger industry and I'll say, hey, how much for that due bill if we were to take it off your hand, right? Mm-hmm. And the larger industry would say, give me a number, and i say, okay, well, I need 2% finders on that. Then I'll go back to my institution, and I'll say, hey, these are the two businesses I have for this deal. 
I need 2% for that legwork. So that's 6% on the $3 million right. deal. Contract deal. Yeah. So that adds up pretty quick. So I had four deals set up within five days. Wow. On that Thursday, I was sitting at my table. I was still in the Air Force, active duty, making about $28,000, $30,000 a year. Mm-hmm. And I had all the papers laid out in front of me. Uh, I had the package that the institution I was dealing with had sent to me. I had them filled out from both sides, both businesses. And I was looking at it. And when I calculated the numbers, I had to call my wife into the room. Now, I'm dollars $30,000 income. Mm-hmm. She came and I said, look at this. From those deals, from those five deals, I was looking at $1.7 million that I would have received from those deals. Right. And I got scared. She was like, what are you going to do? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not dealing with this shit. This is a whole new tax bracket. Right. I make $30,000 the most. This is too much money for me, just too much. So I put it in a box and I threw it in the garage. All right. So let's dive into what was behind backing out. Not, not, it was, I mean, just, I really want to dive into the psychology of it. Not just the simple fact that you're afraid of seeing that much success at that quick of amount of time. Because look, people experience that often. Well, not all, not everybody, not everybody experiences that often, but there are people that do, you know, I, athletes experience that where they're all of a sudden millionaires from going to making nothing to being millionaires and they blow it. Not all of them, not all of them are good with their money, but, but what was it in, in your mind that prevented you from actually going forward? Well, just that, <clears throat> excuse me, the fact that I was, I was going to have that much money. I've never seen anything like that before. Just that much money scared you. Yeah. I never seen it. What, what am I going to do with that? I didn't know. I mean, even now the lottery, they even suggested as soon as you win a lottery, you don't go to claim it. You get a, somebody that's your financial consultant and you get a lawyer before you even go to claim it. Of course. Because you want to make sure that, that you're doing the right thing to protect yourself financially and also mentally. Mm-hmm. Because that... I remember when the California lottery was like 1.6 billion or something like that. And it really, I, I had to talk with the guy at work. I'm like, man, this is scary. If I was to win $1.6 billion, mm-hmm. I'd lose my mind. I mean, you can only do so much, right? You say, okay, I'll just pay all my bills. I'll take care of my family. Let's say if you went for the cash out, that's $980 million. So I'll take $500 million and put away. That's for my family to guarantee longevity forever. That will leave $400 million. Oh, I'll change people's lives. Then you have to look at the legalities behind that. Like me giving somebody a million dollars. If they take that million and whatever they do, if that causes somebody problems or hardship or anything else, person buys a car and potentially kills someone else, that comes back on me. Because had I not given that million dollars, they would not have had the lifestyle or the means to go out and do what they did to therefore take somebody's life. So that's fear. That's fear of of, of, of someone chasing the money trail back and, and, and chasing you. Well, but I think it's more than that. I think it, there, there, there's, there's something to, it's unfathomable the amount of money that you that you were faced with and when winning a lottery of that <laughs> amount of money it's unfathomable right yeah. you're only you're you you're a young man only used to $28,000 a year yeah. working for so the air force one 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 point six all right in any 1.7 million was equivalent to 1.6 billion to me at that time of course never seen that as it would be uh you know for me at this time it'd still be a lot of it'd still yeah. be a lot of money right so what do you think it is with with that kind of when you're faced with that sort of thing? I I, I look at it this way. This is the way I look at it. And let's see uh-huh. what you think. We'll play. We'll, we'll bounce this ball around a little bit. Okay. I believe one of the main reasons why I personally haven't necessarily find found some of the success that 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 I crave, or at least that I say I crave in, in my creative endeavors is because there is, there is this sort of innate or, you know, this, this quiet fear. I don't even know innate, quiet. Are those the same? Are they relative yeah, to each that, other? That's good. Yeah. Thank you for educating me. Okay. Tricks. 
that's that exists where I, there's this unknown element to stepping into a world that that that's not previously been mapped for you right right we, and we, we and I, what i mean by that is right your parents had jobs right your grandparents had jobs right so in a lot of ways you're just following the patterns of the environment that you were raised in get a job build your 401k have kids have a house all that stuff the the american dream or whatever but no one really ever teaches you, hey, you can actually follow your dreams. D tell me along the lines, there's very few people that come along in your life that say, hey, you can actually do what you want for, for a living. You can actually do whatever the hell you want. We live in this amazing society, you know, United States, where you can, it's, you can do whatever you want. But I think a lot, there's reasons why some of us do and some of us don't. Uh, and in your case, you were afraid of what was not known. How do I handle $1.5 million when I come from a salary of 28? And in my case, how do I handle, how do I build a business that I've never, that I can't even possibly imagine? Cause it's sort of unknown to me. Right. Does that I make mean, sense? It, it does. And think about, all right, $28,000 was a lot of money to me, man. I, I, I grew up dirt poor. Right. You know? Is like I tell people that our house is so small, you stick a key in the front door and stab everybody inside. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so the thing is, is that to go from 28,000, which I thought we were living pretty good, to 1.7 million, I never seen anything like that before. And it was that fear, not to mention. But fear what, of what though? It was a fear of now I have to sustain that. I, I didn't want that to be just a flash in the pan. I have to sustain that. I have to do this all the time. I have to re reproduce those numbers are better. Why? Each time. Why do you feel? Why did you feel like that was something you 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 would would have had to do? You still have an income of twenty eight. You've been <laughs> no. living off of that. Oh no, that income of twenty eight would have been left behind. I would definitely have changed my life. But just the fact that now, you know, I, I was still under the the umbrella of the Air Force. I mean, sure. Do you do you think it's that we're afraid of what we're capable of? That and also that we have to maintain that. Because, Jason, think of it. I left my parents' house. I left my mom's house. My father died when I was eight. So I left my mom's house, right, who was my umbrella. Went off to college, mm -hmm. okay? That was my umbrella. I had something that I was responsible for. Joined the military. That was my umbrella. Mm -hmm. So now if I had taken that money and left the Air Force, there was no longer any umbrella. Safety. Yes. It was me. And I have to reproduce those numbers. So fear, uh, it's, so fear of success is, is, is two things, I think. Fear of the unknown and fear of losing safety. Right, right. I, I, yes, sir. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Yet you left the comfort of your home to go to college. You left the comfort of college to go to the Air Force. Okay. I'll, so where, and, I'm not, and this isn't me questioning you. This is, no. this is, this is, a, a, this is a human, this is a thing that, that people deal with all the time. How do we get stuck in that groove of safety where we feel like the universe, even though universe God has taken care of us all along, right? We, we leapt here, we leapt there. You leapt into the arms of college. You leapt into the arms of the Air Force, right. which is scary for some people. I wouldn't want to go into the military. It's not, to me, that does not sound, that, that's a scary thing. But yet the universe caught you, God caught you and, and created a successful career and taught you a lot about yourself and sort, sort of shaped the individual that you are today. So what makes us afraid to jump into something else like that, like what you were building, or in my case to say, Hey, hell with it. I'm quitting and I'm going to do this podcast business because I, I know that I'm going to be, I know that I'm going to take that step off the cliff and the universe is going to catch me. Well, he, here's this, here's this. I have to share this with you. Okay. Financially out of my siblings, now mind you, I say I'm the youngest of nine. Three of us have since are in their wings. So, the remaining six of us, I am financially the most successful. Okay. If you look at it that way. Yet I don't feel I'm successful. Why? Because I have a family member who struggled to send two sons 
to private school to, and also struggle to send both said sons to college, making $11 an hour. Wow. That is successful to me. Do you think that's successful? Yeah, that's Because they that's were facing more adversity than More you. adversity, man, and still was able to make it to where, where they are. Being me, you know, I, I have a pretty good life now. You know, um, worked 21 years Air Force, retired from that, um, work in aerospace still. I have a pretty good life. Yet, the success to me is not something that's intrinsically as like like financially you know stated mm -hmm. it is more of what have you done for the people around you be it your family your community what have you done there and based on what you had so a person making eleven dollars an hour that was able to establish two lives that's now going to go on ahead and grow and prosper how they want that's successful to me but somebody just with money and being able to pay for this or buy that or acquire this. Yeah, but you, you, you same way got to where you got to. At one point, I'm sure you made $11 an hour. You, you, you didn't make much. You're right. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I, too, had been making 11 but I was single. I had no responsibility. I had no children. I was single. I could do that. I just needed enough money, man, to pay my car note, pay my insurance, and buy me some alcohol. I was single. Now, be doing that with a wife, three sons, that was that was challenging. Yet even they look at me, and I, I say they because I don't want to use their gender, but they look at me and they say, you're successful. And I say back to them, no, you are. They're like, I don't have what you have. It's not material things, man. That so what is success to you then? Success to me is being faced with adversity, man, and finding a way through it. Finding a way through it. There are people that are successful. That so have, you've had no adversity? Yes, I have. I have. You're good, man. You're good. Damn you, you're good. Yes. <laughs> saying, I mean, you've had adversity, right? Yes, I have. But but my, verse, my adversity, man, is like, my adversity is akin to I have to go to work today and all my clothes were in the cleaner. So I had to wear some pants that I haven't worn in three days, just to, I mean, in, in three years, just to go to work. That's adversity. That's not adversity. Adversity, like, and you know, in some people's eyes, that's adversity. But adversity to me is like the, the hard struggle. Adversity is someone, I don't care if they had actually committed a crime or whatever, but had gotten incarcerated. And then afterwards, have to come back out in society and, and make a name for themselves and, and reestablish themselves in society by, by the means of being legal, lawful, honest, contributing citizen. That's a struggle to me, right? However, you're in society, and I won't say things are falling in place, but your plans are, are starting to come into fruition. That's not a struggle to me. I hear rappers talking about struggling and make this money and everything. Dude, your struggle was over once you became a millionaire. Mm -hmm. Okay, so right now you, you, you're just speaking on rhetoric that maybe you have seen or you know it's still going on. Yet a person that's at the drive through window at, at McDonald's or Burger King, jobs that originally were intended for high school students just so they could have enough money in their pocket to put gas in their car and go partying with their friends that are now being taken by people that have to provide for a household as the chief breadwinner. You know, that's a struggle to me. So I don't, I don't see me as a struggle, maybe because of where I came from. I came from that adverse type of struggle that I look at this like, it's not a struggle. My wife and I, I'm sorry, I'm rambling. I hope I'm not, but my wife and I had a discussion. She's from LA, you know, and, and I grew up in Louisiana, moved from Kingston, Jamaica to Louisiana. So my, my family struggled. My family was poor. So my wife, when I met her, she told me, oh, yeah, we're poor. We were poor, too. And I was like, really? I don't see that. So she told me, I'm going to take you to L.A. and show you where we used to live and stuff. 
So I, she took me to LA. She showed me. I said, y'all wasn't poor. Y'all were broke. <laughs> she said, that's the same thing. I said, no, no, it's not. She said, it is. I say, no. Poor is I want what I need, but I can't get it. Why? Because I don't have the means to. Broke is, man, I don't want no job. They're out there tripping. That means you don't want to work for anything. That's that's broke. Yeah. Now, when we got married and I finally took her to Louisiana, after about a year and a half of marriage, she went back there. When she saw the place I lived and she broke out in tears, she started crying. She said, I never understood. I, I could not believe it. I said, yeah, you, you have to understand before you can agree or disagree, you have to understand. So I wasn't trying to knock you, but your level of poor, nah, I, I see a whole different thing there. So I guess it goes right along with the struggle. What I see right now is not a struggle for me because I know what a struggle was mm -hmm. to me. So, But somehow, somehow from it, you got here. So I never had to provide for a family. I was married, so I had to provide for a, a household. I've been married to Mindy f for 16. We've been together for 21 years. And during that, oh, during that time, we, I made, collectively, I think at one point, Mindy and I, we, uh, we purchased our first home. And at that time of owning our home, we collectively made $15 an hour together. Wow. $15 an hour. Wow. So I sit here and go, yeah, I'm a success. But then there's other upper levels of success. And again, I don't want to be one of those that wears out the word success. I got it. When I say success, there behind it is sort of uh, this other meaning of really purpose, fear of purpose. So when I say fear of success, and that's what we're exploring, fear of purpose. So if, if Boogie was to have everything taken care of, food, shelter, clothing, all the money, all the time, what would Boogie Triggs be doing right now? What would he be doing? Would he be going to work every day and inspiring people that don't necessarily? And look, I give you credit for it, and I'm not demeaning the people that don't want to be inspired, but most people, let's be real, most people just go to work for the paycheck. Absolutely. And most people, if you look around where even we work in, in a, at a great company that has a great purpose, don't feel excited about what they do. You're right. There's not very many smiles, and it's that way in just about everything that we do. So where along the lines do you think we start to lose touch with the fact that we have a gift, and, and why are we not stepping into that gift and living sort of from this place of enthusiasm where we're excited to get up every single day and excited to share our absolute 100% true selves with the rest of the world? Well, you, you know, there was something you had that you said earlier about uh, how we were raised, right? Go get a job, everything else. Environmental. Right. You know, it's the word. It's an environment. Exactly. Environmental program. Yeah. However, there's two different sides to that. There's the, there's the common man, then there's the rich and the wealthy. We raise our children different. Okay. We're programmed different. So common folk raise their children, go to school, get good grades so you can graduate and go to college. And then when you go to college, you get good grades so you can graduate and then get a good job. Mm -hmm. See, but the rich and the wealthy know that 97%, well, the rich and wealthy occupy 3%, right, right. Of, the, of the world. Mm -hmm. So that 3%, they teach their kids Go to school. I don't care what kind of grades you get. Just don't mess up the family name. Then they say, graduate high school. Don't care how long it take you. You want to go to college. I don't care what your grades are because I want to make such a large deposit there that you can go to whatever school you want to. All I ask is when you go there, don't mess up the family name. Hmm. And then when you're tired of going to school, I don't care how long you go for, even though you don't have to graduate, let me know when you're done. Because you're going to come work for this company, for, for the families, right? And 97% of the world is going to work for you anyway. So you don't need education. Just don't mess up the family's name. So, Well, that's an interesting topic, and I'd love to explore that. And we can explore it a little bit here, education. Okay. 
plenty of people have made success without education. Yes. Is it absolutely necessary? Are we teaching our kids the wrong thing? Yes and no. I mean, your talent, talent, <laughs> even, if, even if you look at the concept of talent, there's people that are talented and there's people that work their ass off. Right. Right? Right. And usually the people who work their ass off are more successful than just the talented people. Right. So, uh, so if you combine talent and hard work, boy, you've got a great formula for success, no matter where, where you went to school or even if you did. I could tell that this is something, man, that, that, that touches your soul. So, so I'll just go ahead and talk to it this way. When I said yes and no, I think that education is needed when you're trying to do somebody else's business. There you go. <laughs> but it's not needed. If you're doing your own business. If you're, cre if you're a creator. There you go. Yeah. So if you're trying to work for somebody else's company and they want to justify giving you whatever dollar amount that they think that you're entitled to, they want to have those requirements set in place and education may be one of them. So it's required. However, comma, if you're going to go- <laughs> I almost want to call the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you're going to go start your own business, then education is not- required right so everything I'm, you need to know is out there everything is it, it definitely is yet somebody had to put it out there but you're absolutely correct when you say education is important if you want to work for somebody else if yeah. you want to help fulfill somebody else's dream yep because they want that paper yeah and they want you to know the stuff that they don't know and you can't tell them I know it. They want something to they validate that. They, you have yes. to have proof. <laughs> Absolutely. You have to have proof. So I get that. I totally get it. Yeah. I understand the value of it. Yeah. It's proof. Uh, I, I understand that. But I don't know if we're teaching, and I, and I don't have kids, and you right. do, So, but I, I don't know if we're teaching our kids the right thing. Now, I do believe you're teaching one of your kids the right thing. In fact, you're helping to fund yeah. your, your kid's dream. Man, you you are good, dude. You are good. Yeah, my my son, my son um, Jordan. He goes by uh, Ashmar. Mm -hmm. He's uh he's he's into music, and he's incredibly talented. Thank you. I'll I'll pass that on to him. Well, he's gonna hear this. <laughs> he's gonna hear this. Yeah, he is. He is. And the thing about it is, I've never been a proud father. I've been a dignified father, not proud. What's that? What's the difference? Because pride to me is superficial. Growing up in the hood, you have on some nice shoes and somebody step on your shoes, you get mad. And you're like, hey, man, you step on my shoes. And the other person says, I'm sorry, but that's not good enough for you. I'm sorry, it's not good enough. So you make a big deal about it. Finally, the person gets fed up and says, well, you should have had them in your damn pocket if you want me to step on them. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> and then, then a fight breaks out. And the person that got the shoes step on got their ass whipped as well. Okay. So they can't take both. And then they say, well, don't be here when I get back. So they leave to go get a gun. Mm -hmm. And they don't realize that the person already had a gun that, that they just had to fight with. And they come back and then a shootout happens and somebody dies. That's a pretty big story, man. Over pride. Okay. Pride is a superficial feeling. I, I, however, I agree however, 100%. Dignity Dignity is what the reason why America is still here. Dignity enabled so many people to go through so much adversity and understand like what I'm going through, maybe what I'm going through, but I'm going through it for my future. I'm going through it for my children's future. I'm going through everything. That's dignity. Dignity is what I try to give whenever I encounter somebody that may have slighted me and I have to confront them on it. So even at work, I always say, you know, punish in private, praise in public. Mm -hmm. And even in private, I want you to retain your dignity because the dignity is going to convert over to respect. We have to respect one another. So I've been a dignified man. So when they come out of my children, I've been happy for them. I've never told them I'm proud of you because pride to me is fleeting. Happiness is something like I'm happy for you and your successes because I'm not trying to make a new me. I'm just sitting back and looking at, wow, look at what God has done. God used me at the as the vessel by which to get this person here and look at what they're doing in the world. That, that has nothing to do with me. So did you tell your kids, get a good job, 
build your 401k, get a house. I mean, how did you, how did you, how, yes. how, are, how are you, you trying to elevate who they are as people? Yes, I, I, I did that. I did that because as a parent, we want them to get the hell out of our house. <laughs> <laughs> we do. I, I can't put it the other way. We want them to get the hell out. I like to walk around the house in my undies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah unabated. Right. Right. So we want, we just want them to get out. So the best way to get them out hmm. is to follow the common plan. Jesus, man. You know, <laughs> however, <laughs> however, comma, <laughs> yeah. the, the thing is, is that like I've I've had to have this conversation with a lot of other dads, you know, a lot of other parents, and so our job is twofold. It's very simple, okay. It's not to it's not to recreate ourselves in our children, all right. So it's twofold. Okay, one is to help them become the best that they can potentially be, all right, and the other one is to protect them from themselves. <laughs> that's the hardest part <laughs> i know because i told I, I we raised three boys three girls and i told them all i said listen you're not going to appreciate life until you almost kill yourself and i told the boys i said and i'm going to know the day you almost kill yourself no you won't yes i will so the older boy came running in the house man he's about 13 don't forget it runs in the house he had on blue shorts a, a white t-shirt like he'd been playing basketball out or whatever and he runs in the house, he closes the door, and he stands there, and he's breathing heavy. And I looked at him, and the, face, the, the facial expression, I said, you almost killed yourself. <laughs> and he took two steps, and my wife goes, what's wrong? And he started crying. I said, he almost killed himself. He's scared <laughs> as hell. <laughs> so, so the thing is, is after that, he realized just how delicate and fragile life was. That's hilarious. And, and they all went through it. We went through it. Yeah. Right? But I didn't go through it. Uh, with that insight, so uh, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> right. So the thing is, is like, I I tried to raise my children on that common go to school, get good grades, go to college, et cetera, et cetera. However, when they started showing me that there were a different cut, that the grain wasn't what they're supposed to follow, I was like, do you? Just know. I don't visit jails, <laughs> okay? <laughs> I don't visit jails. I told them I have three allergies. One is being broke. The other one is being incarcerated. And the third is being dead. If you can cause any one of those, I don't bother you. So if you ever go to jail, don't call me because you just wasted a good phone call. Mm. Call somebody else. So, but I'm here in your corner. I'm That's here awesome. in your corner. So let's let's you we'll talk about I mean six kids that's right. a lot of stories uh one, the one that I've experienced I watched three videos today is Jordan and he's really talented I think Thank you. it's one of those moments where and it's incredibly frustrating for me uh it's one of those things like okay I, I'm a creator so I've done a lot of creative stuff and I'll I'll just go off a little tangent here. You'll, you'll throw something on social media. You'll be like, oh, check out this thing I did. I put so much work behind it. No one gives a shit. Right. And then you'll put some, I don't know, fart joke on there <laughs> and everybody's retweeting it and laughing about something completely <laughs> insignificant and stupid. Yeah. And you go, what do I got to do? So I was, we were looking at your, at Jordan's videos right. and he goes by Ashmar. 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 Okay. And it's got like 200 view and it, 200 views and i'm like this needs more exposure it's super super good the videos are well put together the songs are great and i'm like what do we gotta do in this world right to find success in the things that we're actually really good at first i want to give you a tremendous amount of credit for being a dad that that sponsors your kids dreams and in, in this you. case jordan's now what do you think jordan's version of success is I think Jordan's version of success, because he, you know, we talk about this a lot. His version of success is doing what he think his parents think that he's capable of doing. Ooh. Yeah. So it's like I told him, I said, no, man, do you? He said, dad, but I know when I find success in his music, you guys are going to be happy. All right. Well, tell him, tell, tell Jordan right now, because he's listening. Right. What, how I define success. 
<laughs> and see if maybe he can adopt that version of it because he's a creative person like myself. I don't think Jordan should be the only one that hears this because it blew my mind when you said it to me. Jordan, since you're listening and everybody else is listening, this is a very profound statement and you should take it and you should make it part of your daily mantra. Jason and I was holding a conversation one day and I asked him, how do you define success? He said, my definition of, of success is having the ability to wake up every day and create something. Yeah. And he tried to expound more and I just stopped him. I said, that's it. That's it. Blew my mind. He didn't say create, and he didn't say have an ability to create something that has blah, blah, blah. He said something. So whatever it is that's in you, that you think that's lurking deep inside, that you feel you have to get out. Just having the ability. The freedom. The freedom. The freedom to wake up every day and create that. That is success to him. Yeah. I'm like, wow. So if you notice, man, I, I love that because they had no dollar, dollars um, sign attached to it. nothing to do with money. Right. It is for your own freedom. So Jordan, you're successful in my eyes, man. From the first day that I saw you get up and dance at two years old at a wedding and stop the floor because they didn't know a two-year-old had that much rhythm. And I've been happy for you ever since. <laughs> that's awesome. So Jordan, I mean, and, and everybody, I, I, that's my definition. Of course, everybody has their own definition of success. What I hope we can get away from when it comes to success is and that's why I love to explore to explore the topic. What I hope we can get away from is a, a monetary value on it, because the truth is success in anything is freedom yeah. in it. And the ability to actually get up and be that every single day. And you know, and 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 more importantly, actually, which which aligns with what you what we explored a little bit and talked about on my podcast, the WTF of Success, the the ability to get up and actually be your damn self every day, every day, without feeling like you have to protect it. All right, you're different than me, Boogie. You're different right. than me, man. You're you're in you're in you're in our work area, just sharing all your your stories. I don't do that. I know, and that's why that's why I said when you do it with me, I feel so special. In fact. I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. If you start doing anybody else, I'm going to be fucking jealous. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't do it. I don't talk. Look, there's people I'm close to at work. I don't talk about my podcast very much. It's, I say I do it, but I don't talk about it very much until they're interested because right. I don't, first, first and foremost, I've been down the road so many times creatively that I've wasted breath. Right. And uh, people don't necessarily give a shit about about what you're doing. They care about themselves. And it's okay that they do. I'm totally okay with that. I'm okay with being in my lane. But I like to, I, I, unlike you, unlike you, Boogie, which which is why I think you're you're great for this. And, and you're going to be, your messages for other people are going to be amazing. Unlike you, I want to teach people that want to be taught. Right. I want to talk to people that want to talk about what I want to talk what 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 we have in common to talk about. Other than that, we'll just I'm okay, I'm okay with staying right there, right in that little surface lane, and and let's just hey have fun and explore and cut up because I can be that too. But 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 if you want to go deeper and you want to talk about this, I'm 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 with you. Right. I'm good. Whereas you're different. You 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 take on the hard, challenging role of uh, of working. And it's hard. I see it. I, see, I watch you do it. Working to relate to people that just want nothing to do with you, right? And nothing to do with with the job or that. whatever. You but there are people, of course, that 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 are. They do want to hear what you have to say. But there are some that just. It's like, dude, stop talking to me. And right. and but yet you you're a manager. It's what it's what you do. You have to do but, it, and it's a tough job. So I give you a tremendous amount of credit. But me, I'm not that guy. I'm not going to waste my time trying to relate to the guy that doesn't that, that doesn't give a shit. Quite honestly, it's it's not just being the position that I hold, right? Because I always say I'm a manager, but management don't define me. All I right. define it, right? Yeah. yeah. I'll I'll tell you about one of the funniest things that happened, Jason. So we're in Walmart, which I don't go to Walmart anymore, but that's a personal. Um, choice. We're in Walmart and there was this guy walking, black guy, about my age, right? We were 50s, early 60s. 
And I saw him and I said, hey, how you doing? And the guy turned to me and he said, why? Like attitude, disdain, why? Oh, shit. And I went, because by all intents, you're, you're my brother, man. We come from the same parents, Adam and Eve. So I'm just concerned about making sure my brother is in check, right? To make sure if he needs anything, he'll let me know. He went, that's the first time anybody ever answered that like that. <laughs> <laughs> he said, man, I'm good. Yeah, Thank guarded. you. So my wife was like, see, that's why I watch out how I talk to people. I said, let me tell you something. I don't expect anything from anybody. That's why I'm prepared for whatever they give me. That's so awesome. When I deal with people at work, like you said, you see that. Mm -hmm. I deal with people all the time. I'm talking to them like, this person don't give a shit about what I'm saying. But you keep trying. But I keep going. It's awesome. You know, and it's because that is my makeup. I'm not, I'm not trying to be everybody's friend. I'm it's just awesome. giving them a abundant amount of respect because regardless of what happens, I want the respect back. Yeah, I have to tell you, you make me uncomfortable sometimes. I know. I, I'm going, oh, Boogie, just just be quiet, man. Just, I, 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 you know, you don't even know. I'm no, sitting there going, Boogie, just just he, he doesn't he doesn't care. Boogie, just be quiet, man. That's me, but that's me, right? Yeah. Because, and, and that's why it's unique, and and it's it, it's why you're unique. And it's why, you know, you, there's definitely an, aud an audience that needs to know you beyond what you do in the small scale that you do it. You know, me, I pick and choose. I don't know why I do that. It's an interesting thing. Right. That's another topic to explore. And I, I, I think it's a great, it's a great topic because there's plenty of people that are like me that, that do walk around. Uh, and, 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 and when I do it, I don't do it as a way of, um, uh, of of guarding or protecting, I do it as a way of it's it's an energy con. It's like almost like energy conservation. Right. I'm not going to waste my time on people that don't really want to see the real me. You well, understand what I'm well, saying by that? I understand that. Let, let it's, me it's conservation of energy. Then when I get home, I'm like, all right, I'm I get to be myself. Boom, right. here's me. Whereas you, it's I mean, it's seeping out of every part of you, everywhere <laughs> you go. You. I mean, it I'm doesn't. Glad you end. didn't say orifice. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Okay, and you know what? And, and I agree. With you. I want to share back with you. Okay, when I was in the Air Force, all right. Prior to age thirty-seven, okay, okay. So we're gonna say Boogie BC thirty-seven. All right. <laughs> okay, that's the marking point. <laughs> yeah. Thirty-seven. All right. right. Mm -hmm. I was that way. I was like, man, look, I am the jewel. I am the gem. If you want to know what I have, you better invest something in me. I'm not just out here giving these nuggets away for free, right? Not money-wise, but just time, right? Yeah. I suffered a stroke right. Christmas 2003. Got it. I was paralyzed. I almost died. I wasn't afraid the whole time. I was not afraid of it there. But afterwards, I started realizing, you know what? Mm. I might have something that somebody needs to hear. Yeah. And if I had died and it left, then that person would still be left out here in the dark, right? All right. I do want you to 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 uh, lighten the load on how much you're going to share about it because I do want that to be another show. Okay. I All really right. want to explore that. I want to I want to hear the whole thing. Okay. So so anyway, in a nutshell, that's when I started opening up, and I could give a shit about how people accepted it. Or love not. that, man. I just started talking, and I would tell people, "Hey, I talk a lot, but I always have something to say." So there's there's two type people, one that talk a lot, another one that talks too much. Mm -hmm. I say, I talk a lot. A person that talks too much, you want them to shut the fuck up. Mm -hmm. A person that talks a lot, they always have substance. I talk a lot. I don't know everything, but I'll tell you everything I know. Mm -hmm. Right? So I give a shit about what people damn say. So I have to make sure, again, I started when I was younger. I have to make sure that I say what I knew, but I knew what the hell I was saying. So I didn't just like hear something and then go rambling off about it, but I have enough facts to back it up. So if I hear something, I go research it to see if it even has the moral standings that, that I stand for to even approach it. Like, well, I, I can't talk on that because you want to talk about it later. I do want to wait on that. <laughs> right. uh, no, it's okay. Right. I do want no, to wait on that no, because but, I think it's a good topic. Right. But th there's so much more though. So what I'm saying is I don't, I don't give a shit if anybody don't want what I have to say. Somebody that may not be right in my direct line is within my earshot because I project pretty well. Mm -hmm. 
and they may be listening. It's awesome. You know, because that's how, we, how we, I received my mentoring after my father died. No one came to my life and said, I want to be a mentor. I used to watch men from afar and see how they carried themselves and try to emulate that. My brothers and sisters were all older and mm. they were moving out of the house and I was the last one left with my mom. So that's how I became the man I am now. And I do it to this day. Hell, you mentor to me. Well, it's interesting because I, I've done this. I've done the same. I've learned from from observing. I'm incredibly observational. I know that about myself. I've learned a lot just by watching. I've learned a lot by. I, I, it's very rare when I'm very, very comfortable in a situation that anybody has to tell me what to do because I already know what to do. And yeah. it's it's because I really pay attention and I, I see that in you. So let's pull it back because I don't okay. know that you even actually answered this question. If Boogie I mean had that. all the time and money and resources and had nothing to worry about, what would Boogie do? Did you answer mentor. that? You'd no, mentor. No, I never meant, I yeah. never answered it. Mentor. I would just go and I would share all my life experiences, hoping to have them share all their life experiences with me. I, I look at it like, you know, I'm I'm more spiritual than religious. Yeah. However, I speak common religious verbiage. So I see it as we're all souls on vacation from heaven, right? Mm -hmm. Waiting to go back home. So it'd be a shame for me to come out here and experience something and not encounter you while while you're here, that you can share your experiences as well. So now I'm living vicariously through your experiences. That's my thing. So yeah, I wanted to have like this big, you know, mixture of experiences with everybody I come in contact with, okay? And that's something that we'll go deeper into as well as far as um, the sharing of skin, mm -hmm. right? Um, uh, the human stain as I like to call it. Okay. Okay. I'll make note of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, so if we're going to dial it back, right? like I just said, so you, you would mentor. So let me yeah. ask you this question. And it's a question I pose to myself all the time. And it brings, and it really does bring it all right back to the theme of this podcast, fear of succeeding. Why are you not doing that? And only that, uh, I, I, until I met you, you mother, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was about to talk to you like we talk at work. Um, until I met you. <laughs> <laughs> That's my boss, by the way. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> until I met you and had someone to challenge me to what you have, I thought I was doing it. I, well, thought, I, I thought I was doing it and I thought I was getting paid for it, a, a pretty good salary to just come to work every day and have the perfect platform because I'm a manager, I'm a leader. You may not like what I'm gonna say, but you have no choice. So I have a captured audience and I can just bestow upon you all of my bagology. And as you said, some people don't give a shit, but neither do I. So why am I not doing it now? Well, you give a shit. What do you mean by you need no, to no, do no, I? No, 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 no. I don't give a shit that they don't give a shit. Oh. That's what I mean by neither do I. Yeah. They don't give a shit and I don't give a shit if they don't. I'm going to keep talking. Yeah. So my thing is, you said, like, why, why am I not doing it now? For the most part, I have to make sure I can sustain the lifestyle that I've come to, to live. You know, I mean, we're comfortable. You enjoy it. I enjoy it. You enjoy spending... Yeah. You enjoy going to Trader Joe's and buying every single bit of the rum-finished <laughs> scotch. scotch that Jason tried to buy the next day on a Sunday. You enjoy hey, doing that shit. Hey, your fault, man. You were kind of slow on the draw. You hey, know? I shop on my... Sundays. What do you want from me? You shop on Saturdays. Hey, you're right, man. You're right. Yeah, early bird and the whole worm thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, but like I say, you know, and, and I want to make sure that my family is comfortable. And I also have a legacy I want to leave behind. I have grandchildren now, you know, two grandsons that I adore, man. Those guys just mean so much to me. Um, they give me purpose. And you want to leave that behind. You know, you, you want to leave something there. Yeah. Um, my my daughter, her husband, I'll tell them all the time, I only tolerate you guys because of Kingston and Nine, you know. It wasn't for my two grandsons. Ah, you can go do what the hell they want to do. But, um, which I love them. I'm just saying that tongue in cheek. Uh, the thing is, is we... We grow and we become what we have to. See, here's the thing I'm going to give you, Jason. Please. 
most people say, hey, you become what you do. I can agree with that. However, when you have a chance to do what you are. Oh, that's beautiful. That's a whole different animal. Yeah. So you, by doing what you are. Yeah. Podcasting have now enabled me to do what I am. Right. And that is reach the masses. So I never even thought about that. I thought about one mind, one conversation, one at a time. You're like, no, Boogie, you're talking to people that don't give a shit. I'm like, yeah, I know. You're like, no, that, that's wasted energy. There it is. I mean, it's so true. And it, it, it's funny. I, lo- I love conversation. It is one of yeah. my favorite things. Now, I think I said it on WTF of Success that, you know, I, I would explore this topic of, of reaching your full potential and reaching your purpose and following your purpose. And of course, I've, I've, I've chased that purpose down many different rabbit holes. One of the things, though, long, long time ago that I wrote was I like to talk. I love to have conversations like these. I remember sitting with my mom. My mom and I would sit for right. hours and have these types of conversations. I loved that. Mm-hmm. That was one of my one of my favorite moments and uh, about my mom, and and she she brought me to that place where I was uh, I really appreciated that. And she was one of those that also you know led me to believe that I could actually do something that I really really loved. And I remember writing down one time that uh, I love to talk. I love these conversations. How do you make a living doing that? And that's the one thing that gets us all twisted up. We start putting money into the equation. How do I make money doing that instead of trusting? And that's why it brings it back to the, to the fear. Instead of trusting what we don't know to be laid out to be true, right? So if I'm to say, okay, I'm a person that can, can make a, if I, if, I, if I knew that I could make a living talking, right. easy, right? Mm-hmm. I would never take a chance. I'd just go do it. But because I know that I don't know it, I've actually got to take a chance on it and step into a place that is completely uncomfortable and unknown to me. And I think if we go back to the fear of succeeding, I believe that's what it is for a lot of people. It's that it's the fear of the unknown and fear of losing that safety net that we've developed. And if you look at you and I, we've developed a pretty healthy safety net. Yeah. We have nice things. You know, we're able to buy nice things. We're able to we're able to fund our dreams truthfully. But there will come a point. I think in every person's life when they really want to step into the thing they really want to do where they have to take a chance. Right. They have to actually go, okay, this is what you've been screaming at me, universe, God. You've been saying, do this, do this, do this. And you have to actually at some point say, enough's enough. I mean, because, you know, we, we, we know that there's a talent core within us. I mean, you, I, we both done stand up, right? We're, we're, we're not uncomfortable in front of people. We don't have any problem sitting down and giving someone our opinion or a, a stated fact on something that we're aware of. Believe that. So the thing is, is that we know that we're capable of existing under certain circumstances. Again, with me, the concern is yeah. consistency. Consistently going out and doing this. Yeah. And it's funny you talk about trust and belief. Another story. My kids... I would tell them, they was like, you don't trust me. I said, I do trust you. I said, but I believe you more. They were like, what does that mean? I said, okay. Do you I, just throw out riddles for people so that you can solve them? <laughs> Is that what you do? <laughs> yeah, it's all about programming. You got to program them, man. <laughs> it was like, what does that mean? I said, okay. I believe that you're gonna be home by 10.30 like we said you should be home by. Word. I believe this. Yeah. But I trust your ass to show up at 11 like you always do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, so the thing is, well, you want me to have more belief or more trust? Okay, believe in me. Okay, great. Then let's just keep it the way it is. You want what society says is right, but just work with what's right for you. So I'm not a victim of society. I'm not a society host. Societal whores, to me, have your fun. That's not me. I work with what categorically makes me happy, okay? Um, That's why I've been kind of against the grain on a lot of things. Mm -hmm. What do you think happens when you 
I think that you, you, you we're going to end here soon, but what, I think what happens, do you think, I'll, I'll phrase it this way, do you think that there's a level of responsibility that we have to take on once we realize something different? In the sense, as, as the discussions that we've had, so let's say, let's say it's me. Let's say, I'll just use myself as an example. I think there's plenty of examples in people all the time. They go, oh shit, uh, I should be doing this. And, and you, you have this, this impactful realization, like, this is it. This is what I should be doing. Do you think that you're, you're denying you know, the universe or God in some way by not actually following through with the message that's been delivered to you? So no. let's say, you know, you and I have had these discussions and I'm like, bro, you should be, I hate the word should, but there's something saying that the, 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 what, the knowledge that you have, people can learn from. Right and use as tools in their daily lives. But it's first of all, you you have to embrace it. You have to give into the fact that you believe and you trust in everything that everybody's saying to you. Yeah, because because the, the, there's such there's an internal editor in there. Yeah. fucking everything, unplugging the wires, <laughs> putting them in the wrong place. Why? That's the fear. That's why I want. That's why this subject. Even we've had an hour long discussion about it. it, it it's still there's so much more to be explored so when much, it comes so to much. the crippling effect of of fear. Yeah, that fear of safety, that fear of the unknown. It's like those two things talk us out of so much potential to be and and again it's not monetary it, it it's it's a it's a liberation it's freeing us from suffering through going to a job that that isn't rewarding very often right and i'm being careful with what i say because I don't believe, I'm not an idiot. I don't believe that, the, that even when you step into the thing that you actually love, that it's going to be rewarding every day. I, I, there's going to, it's going to be a grind at times. I get it. But I do believe that it's made easier. I do believe that if you're actually doing the thing that you love, it's got, there's a fuel to it. There's enthusiasm, there's excitement, there's, and it's new every day and it's growing and expanding every single day. And, and it keeps you excited to keep going forward. I get it. There's days we'll be tired. It's not going to always be great. I'm human. I understand that. But is it even, is it worse than actually going to a job that you don't really love and accomplishing almost nothing in terms of fulfilling your purpose? But see, you, you said a lot of stuff there. And there was one part, man, I got to get on oh. because it's based on perception. All right. Like your perception could be that I'm, I'm going to work and I'm not getting anything from it. That's not my perception. Well, but. no, 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 no. Well, what I'm going to say. Okay. What I'm going to say. All right. I remember 2002, October 2002, I was still in the Air Force. And um, uh, me and a friend of mine, Mike Hicks, went down to LA. That was a business seminar that was being put on by um, Russell Simmons. Mm -hmm. And it was roughly 10,000 people here. And we had signed up for this thing in May, right? Because, you know, the chairs are going to be limited. So, we go down there and we go down and we see what's going on. The perception was a lot of people in here was trying to gain knowledge. Right. That was the perception. The reality we left with was a lot of people were down there with bullshit. Okay. So while I was down there, there was one guy that I met. He told the story of a friend of his that lived in Louisiana. Every day, his friend, he, he had a business selling sugarcane. Every day his friend would get up, drive his truck over to Texas, buy sugarcane stocks for a dollar, for a stock dollar a bundle. Then he'd drive back to Louisiana and sell them for 99 cents for the bundle. And he told his friend, he said, you realize what you're doing. You're paying for gas, wear and tear on your vehicle, and you're driving to Texas and you're paying a dollar only to come back here and lose a penny on each transaction. He said, that's not smart business. And the guy smiled and said, but at least I'm in business. 
<laughs> Can you see that? That's perception. That's perspective. The one guy's perspective was you're losing money. The other guy's perspective is at least I'm doing something. Who's wrong? Who's wrong? I, I, I don't know who's wrong. I, <laughs> I right. usually, look. I don't. Pl I usually don't play with right and wrong. I neither do That's I. That's not an arena I play in because I think it is. It's absolutely a matter of perspective. Absolutely. So, it, topics like these, it is a matter of perspective. Yes. So you could you someone could look at your life and go, dude, you are success. You're right. the definition of it. In fact, right. I want to be you. Right. Right. And then I look at it, I look at it from, a, a, there's two sides to look at it. There's sides where I say I am success, but then there's a side that says, but am I fulfilling my purpose? How many times of the day am I actually not engaged in what I do? Right. Because no. I'm dreaming of something else or whatever. It, again, it's, it's, it's a very deep exploratory topic. Now, that, what, if, what if fulfillment of your, of your purpose does not satisfy what society says is successful. That doesn't matter to me. See, that's what I'm saying. Because you know me, I don't believe in right and wrong. I believe in good and better. The challenge is trying to find something good and anything negative. That is the challenge. A lot of people can't do that. Okay? Guess we'll talk about that some other time too. Yeah. Yet, the thing is, is when I heard that story and the guy that was telling the story, he laughed. He said, that's stupid business to me. And I said, why? He said, if you don't understand that, we don't need to be talking anymore. I said, you should talk to me because I'm about to give you some clarity. And the lady next to him said, I want to hear what he has to say too. All right, let's strip it down. Let's strip it down. Go ahead. The guy love, if he love what he's doing. Yes. Who gives a shit? Absolutely. It's paying for his family. It's Absolutely. paying for his, the life that he enjoys, the life that he loves. Who gives a shit? Absolutely. And that's my point. Absolutely. I could, whatever, I, the, the same life and livelihood that I have now, yes. which is pretty simple in comparison to a lot of very, very wealthy people. Yes. If I could do the same exact thing and yes. swi switch it for podcasting. Yes. Or the thing that I actually love doing, I'd do it in a second. See, now, now here's the deal. And this is what, what I said to them afterwards. I said, okay. Me, I looked at the bigger picture, okay? What we see, we, if I could draw an L on the board, just imagine the L on the board. Yeah. And ask you, what is that? And you're going to, a capital L, what would, what would you say it is? I'm going to say it's a left turn. There you go, left turn. That's <laughs> all right. It's, a, it's an L, dude. <laughs> it's a capital L. But I'm going to say you know it's not. It's a corner of the big picture. Oh. But nobody knows how big the picture is. But it's the big picture. And it's the unknown that we're afraid of. Absolutely. I said, so what I, what I said to them is, that L is his big picture. And the guy that, would, that told the story is like, come on, man. I said, no, listen. I said, his big picture might be he has family in Texas. He can drive to Texas to see his family. He might be older. I said, how old was your friend? He was like 60-something. I'm like, okay, he might be retired. This is exercise to him. It gives them a purpose, a purpose to leave the house, to go over and visit family, and come back. So that trip costs him $20. He's spending $20 a day to spend time with family. It's paid and, for. Yeah. Essentially. Well, it's but. not. Not really, because he's losing a penny <laughs> on every bundle. So, but he, he see that as something, rather than sitting at home, yeah. collecting this money, mm -hmm. and waiting to die. Yeah. So, it's perspective. It is. So, for me, I don't know what it is. It's him knowing what he's doing. The only thing you're doing is hearing the words. I have to see more. So that's what it's about. And he was like, man, you stupid as him. I said, well, sometimes it feels good to be stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, doesn't it? Not a lot of responsibility in that. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I don't know the, how, how much we tackled the subject of fear, and I, I'm certain that we didn't really necessarily help you get over your own, oh, but no. uh, I, I say this in regards to fear of success. You look, we all have a, a level of responsibility, and maybe we're not ready to take that, that big leap or that big jump. Some people are all in right. a better situation than others. Some people didn't realize it till later in life. You know, in my case, I pursued things that I thought were the thing, and then I realized later on that this is the thing. And 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 like you, I want to maintain what I've built. I don't want to lose what I've built, and I hope that I can swap one for one. So you got to work hard for that. And the chance is 
taking is, this is what I feel. Don't be afraid to follow your impulses, the things that say, hey, you should be doing this. Do them, do them and own them and be them. And when the time comes, completely step into them. That's what I think. Now, I wanna, I wanna say this to you, okay? And everybody's listening. When we sit down, I'm blindfolded. Yeah. Not physically, but literally. I have no idea the questions he's gonna ask me. We don't go over anything. I love this because I want it to be organic. I want it to be raw. I want it to be as honest, earnest, and truthful as possible. Yeah. So that is what I love about this. Jason, you you are truly an amazing leader, um, uh, facilitator. Thank you, man. And you you help me in ways that you can't imagine because you help me get my thoughts together. So if there's anybody out there that's listening and what's going on and you have the same type of concerns and everything else, just know you're not alone. Just know like, if you don't know how to measure success, you're not alone. Right. We're sitting okay. here trying to measure it right here on this show. Right. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Boogie. This has been fun. Uh, there's going to be many more of these to come. Our goal is to release a podcast a week. This is the first one. And uh, more, more news on that as we go along. Really nothing to say at this point because it's our first show. And if there's more, you know there's more. Right. right there but is more. Uh, we thank you for listening to Boogology. And remember... And this comes straight from Boogie. Know yourself before anyone else does. Yes, that's right. Thank you, Boogie, very much. Until next time. Until next time.